Hello and welcome to episode 257 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and our resident reigning biggest loon, Jacob. It is the prediction episode. It's the episode we look forward to every single year. At the start of the season, we predict everything about how the season is going to unfold. And by the end of the season, we look back at our predictions, see how they panned out, see what we got right, see what most of the time we got wrong, and make fun of each other for our bad predictions. Last year, Jacob got the most wrong, so he's been the reigning biggest loon for, oh, what, four or five months now, and it's going to keep going till we hit the 12-month mark at the end of the season, and he'll have a chance to redeem himself. But all that being said, Bryson, Jacob, how are you guys? It's the best episode of the year, and I can't believe or finally that we got to this point. Spring training is obviously at its end now. This obviously also means that we're doing this. That means the next game they play now is going to be a regular season game. It's going to matter. And uh, I think, Mark, you and I have the exact same objective as last year, is to make sure that this award remains with Jacob uh, for the... I guess the another season. So I can't wait for that. And uh, it's always good when we exchange our predictions too. And I like how sometimes we all have different ones where it gives us stuff to talk about. So it should be fun and it should be another fun season for this team. Well, I'm sure it's going to be a fun season. And I think going into this year, I had an objective. I am not going to, and I thought about how I can say this, but I'm not going to make so many bombastic predictions this year. Last year, fantasy podcast, literally everywhere. I just made the absolute worst predictions brio second round whatever we're not going to get into that that much but this season i am much more calm much more clear and i'm going to make picks that are actually going to win and i think that at the end of the day i've been pulling off a lot of upsets this week in fantasy can't wait to do another one against you guys <laughs> we'll see about that i don't know i beat you in the march madness bracket so um but do, should hey, we i go was leading through... for half of it though you were i was impressed uh should we go through <laughs> the list, the greatest hits of Jacob's poor predictions last season, because I just want to remind everyone, I'm going to gloat about this because I want to take advantage of it. But Jacob did have Jose Brios as the best pitcher on the Blue Jays. He had them leading the team in starter ERA. You said it wouldn't be much over Kevin Gosman, so we can be fair there. Um, but you also had him going to the All-Star game. So that was kind of the roughest prediction of the year. And you also had Teoscar Hernandez for highest war which was a take that didn't age well. He was 10th in baseball reference war, 10th in fan graphs war. So I just want to rub that in. This is kind of the last opportunity we get to rub that in until, I guess, six or seven months from now when we unlock the uh, safe and look back at these predictions. So yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I guess we'll start this episode with a little bit of a news hook, a little thing that was happening today. The Blue Jays announced that they're bringing... $10 poutine hot dogs to the ballpark this season. I know we have conflicting ideas. I, for one, am very excited about these. The price point is a little bit absurd, I'll be honest, but they look appetizing. I kind of want to make some at home now. But we're starting off with a Looney Dog Night prediction. Last season, the Blue Jays, total over the course of the season, sold 444800 and 54 hot dogs on Looney Dog Night. We're sending the over-under this season at 500,000 and a half hot dogs on Looney Dog Night. You taking the over or you taking the under? 
for the single reason that I will be going to one of these Looney Dog days, or at least a few of them, I'm going to take the over at 500,001. I, to be completely honest, I think this is something that's going to catch on. Like, I really do think that you're going to see a lot more people go to it. I know I've got relatives that want to go and relatives that actually did go. I want to try it. I mean, sure, it won't be fun on the train ride home, but <laughs> I definitely do want to try it. I think I, I think that a lot more people are going to do it. I, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And, I mean, anything to pay for those renovations, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, when it comes to this one, I'll take... I'll take the under. I'm going to keep the under, but I think it'll be closer to 500,000, but I'll keep the under just because I just, for me, I expect a similar number to what happened last year, but I also am anticipating a little bit of an upstick because of the fact of the, I guess, the renovations. Hopefully there's more people that go overall this year. And then there's also the new, I guess, the new ticket thing where it's 20 bucks, so you don't have a seat. So there's going to be more people in the building on most nights than there were last year. And hopefully that's the case. And, of course, the team's in a good state throughout the year. It should be another fun year where there's lots of people at the park. But I just think as much as that's all the case and there's going to be more people going, I think 500000 for me is still a little bit too rich to take the over on. So I'll stay safe and play the under. Okay. I'm going to take the over with Jacob. I'm optimistic that we can get those hot dog numbers up. Um, but, Bryson, you weren't happy with the idea of the poutine dog, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's honestly very similar to what Jacob said. I just I feel like that and a mixture of beer is just could be could cause some serious damage but hey it's gonna sell uh it's obviously genius from them no matter who likes it or not there's gonna be a lot of people that try it and i think that's gonna be a huge um i guess an eye opener for people eye opener for people and it's gonna stand out on that menu i just for me i can't get behind the idea and um i don't know i just i've never really thought of having poutine and a hot dog at the same time i think it's a match made in heaven i think I think the best way to compare this or or the best thing to compare this to is the chicken Big Mac. Hear me out. It's not a bad idea in theory. I've had it. It's okay. I don't know if I'll have it again. I think this is the same thing with this hot dog. First of all, $10 for a hot dog. It's a lot of money. Plus tax. That's a lot of money. Second of all, um, I, I think that it's something people will try. Maybe try again, maybe a third time. But, you know, by the, by the time you got your fifth or plus game, you'll probably either bring your own food or try something else. So kudos to them. I'm sure it'll be popular, the home opener, at least that that opening weekend or, or opening month, if you will. But I, I, can't, I, I think it's it's going to be technically not a limited time thing, but it'll be limited time thing in terms of its popularity. Okay, well, we'll circle back. We're all going to the home opener, at least hopefully all going. Jacob, I don't think you have your ticket yet, but... We will give our reviews. We'll circle back. Okay, let's get to the real baseball stuff. We're starting things off with our player-specific over-unders slash predictions, and we're going to shift to more general team stuff. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up, of course, with our projections of how far the Blue Jays are going to make it, if they make it to the postseason, and the regular season record that they're going to end up with. So the first over-under we're going with is our... Close friend, our favorite Blue Jays starting pitcher, Yusei Kikuchi. We have his ERA over under set at 425. I know there's a lot of people optimistic about what he's going to do this season. To give you some context, he had a 5.19 ERA last season. What do you guys think over under 425? I'm going to put the under, but I'm going to say his ERA, I'm going to put it at 3.99. I'm not saying it's going to be great. I'm not saying it's going to be 
terrible. I I think that what we've seen out of him in spring training, the strikeouts are up. The the bad innings in terms of giving up like four or five runs per inning seem to be behind him at least uh, at least for the majority of the innings. I know we've talked about him a few times. He's had constant good appearances. I think he's going to do what he was intended to do, be a fifth starter down the stretch in the playoffs, a bullpen guy. But in terms of regular season performance, I think that what he was brought in to do is be that fifth starter and just be there when you're needed. You're not here to be the ace. You're not even here to be a Chris Bassett, if you will, or Jose Barrios in that type of scenario. You're just there because the Blue Jays need a lefty. They need somebody to do his job. And I think that after last season, he is going to, to be able to do that. I think he's really worked on things. I'm not going to mention the beard except for saying that that is all a hoax. Um, but I think he's going to have a, a much better season. And realistically, he does need to because he knows at this point, if he doesn't, yeah, he's got one more year of, of control, or at least the Blue Jays do, but he's done if he if he doesn't. He, I think he knows that his job is technically or whatever you want to call it on the line. And I think that he's going to have a much better year. I will take the over uh, on Yusei Kikuchi's uh, ERA prediction. However, I'm not saying it's going to be anywhere close to what it was last year. I think anything sub five for me is acceptable. And I think that's a realistic target for him this year. I look at what he's done throughout the course of career in his first couple years, or I guess his three or four years now he spent in the big leagues. And he's never got, or he's never had an ERA below 441, first of all. So I think that's something to look at there. I just think it's something that maybe he just doesn't have it in him to get that low. And I want to make it very clear. It's kind of what you said, Jacob. That's fine for a fifth starter, and I think that's completely fine. The expectations are very low compared to a guy like Alec Manoa or Kevin Gosman, and that's why anything below five for me is acceptable uh, for a fifth starter. And, you know, there's a lot that has to happen for Yusei Kikuchi this year, obviously, to bounce back and be that pitcher he was last year. First of all, uh, I think it's very obvious to say they need more innings out of him. That's number one. He needs to be going deeper into games. He needs to be striking out more people. He needs to be lo- or walking less people. And that's all going to help with his pitch count, his confidence. We know that it seemed like the early part of the spring and throughout the spring, one of the pitchers on this team who was most benefited from the rule changes in terms of the pitch clock was Yusei Kikuchi. He was in a rhythm. He was in a flow. And what we saw this spring was a great first impression uh, after things or after how things went last year. But of course, you need to see this translate to the season. And that's the one other thing that we're missing here. We, as much as we've seen what we saw from him in the spring, we got to feel good about where things stand with him, especially his confidence, because that's obviously the uh, one of the big the biggest parts here for him. He didn't have a lot of competition either for that fifth spot. It was basically his spot to lose at the beginning of the spring. So once if he translates that to the regular season, if he has a, a season where it's much better than last year and he can put up an ERA under five, that's the bar for me, and I think that's perfectly fine for you, Kikuchi. I just think 425 is an over-under. For me, it's a little bit too low for me to go uh, under that number, so that's why I'm going to play it safe again and take the over. I'm with you. I'm taking the over as well. I think he'll be good this season, and I'm really t- tempted to take the under, especially after that last start we saw where he had nine strikeouts and one walk that's the stuff that really gets me excited but yeah I think ultimately when we see him over the course of the season I'm going to put his ERA at 4.51 Jacob I was going to say 4.5 but you went right on the dot with 3.99 so I'm going (laughs) 4.51 um yeah I mean he's never had a sub 440 ERA in his career uh the best ERA of his career was 2021 when he was at 441 and even then you know he fell apart in the later half of the season but I don't know I don't like the Blue Jays don't need him to be an ace they don't need him to be a four 
ERA guy. If he comes out and is consistent and has a 4.5 ERA, I'm happy with what he does this season. I think he just needs to go out there and be consistent. If he goes out there, throws five innings, four earned runs, or three earned runs every outing, I'm over the moon with that because you're talking about the Blue Jays' fifth starter, and compared to what they got out of him last year, that would be an incredible output. So yeah, I'll take the over, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be unhappy if he puts up a five, 4.5 ERA. Um, okay, the next one we have is circling back on one that we've already um, put the record out on. That's Ricky Tiedemann. We're going to circle back to what we said originally. So going back to our predictions, uh, I think it was February 18th. So right before we kind of got game action in spring training. Jacob, you said he would debut on July 4th. I said July 18th. Bryson, you said the latest at August 11th. Um... Just updating the dates. I don't know if it's changed for you guys. I pushed mine back a little bit, so I'm going to change my prediction to August 4th. That's a game um, on the road against Boston. And the reason I say that is because his development has been pushed back a tiny bit because of his little injury setback. I know it was like I know it was like a week in spring training, but um, I think even just that smallest bit is going to push back his development a little bit. And then also, I think once we're getting into that kind of trade deadline territory, I think the Blue Jays are going to wait until after the trade deadline to see who they get and then bring him up. So that's why I say August 4th. I don't know if you guys have changed it all. So I said July 4th. I Part of me doesn't, I don't know. I'm going to keep it as is. I uh, I like what you say about the trade deadline. That definitely does make sense after they truly see what they have. I would, I think realistically, like the rotation is pretty much set. Like you have your top three, you have Barrios, you are expecting to have uh, Kikuchi. I think that if there's going to be an issue with the starting rotation, it's going to be figured out before the trade deadline. So I think that realistically mid July or what I said, the, or the beginning of July. So something like that is probably accurate. Um, if at all, like, I could be totally wrong, but I think that if he's going to come up, it's going to be because there's a, an unfortunate disaster, kind of like what with Alec Manoa uh, or what happened with Alec Manoa a couple seasons ago. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at July 4th. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm going to keep it uh, just for the same reason as before. I just think I'll stick with my original prediction. I honestly feel better that you moved yours back a little bit too, Mark. So I think uh, I'm going to keep it there as is. I just, for me, I I look at I look at it the same way. As much as we want to see Ricky Tiedemann, if he's up at, if he's up in the big leagues anywhere before the summer for me, that means something something in the rotation did not go right. Whether it's Jose Barrios, Yusei Kikuchi, if there's some sort of injury, and then at that point we know that the Jays would not be in the greatest position. We spoke about it our last episode in terms of outside of Tiedemann, there's not a lot of depth uh, for the starting rotation. So there's kind of question marks that come with that. The other factor I'll throw in is Hunjin Ryu at the end of the summer. He's going to be an option too. 
who's going to get the edge on that? And then I just think as well, another uh, point on this is what you mentioned at the top, Mark, is that uh, Ricky Tiedemann suffered a, a little bit of a setback near the second half of the spring. But of course, it seems like he dodged uh, a serious issue with his shoulder. He's back to throwing. He already pitched in a minor league game throughout the weekend. Another keynote I saw uh, coming out of the spring for Tiedemann is that he's going to be working uh, or he's going to be starting a double A with New Hampshire. He's going to be working on a six-man rotation. So he's going to be throwing less innings as well throughout the start of the year. Uh, that's all in terms of managing the workload, being ready for possibly an increased work or workload near the around the summer throughout the year, or maybe just in general this year, he just doesn't throw as much as he did last year, and that's all better for him long term. But for me, uh, the fact that he's also pitching on six days rest, if for me, it just feels like they're going to be taking their time with Ricky Tiedemann this year. And if they weren't, I think he'd be starting a Triple A Buffalo. But for him to get a chance to start in Double A, work his way up, hopefully by. I would say maybe May or June. Maybe he's in AAA Buffalo in a really good schedule. And I think by then, when you get to the later part of the summer, you get to, I guess, the summer at the earliest. I think there's an option there for Ricky Tiedemann to, or the door open for him potentially join the rotation. But for me, anything before that, there's some sort of, there's something that went wrong. And I also want to see what happens with Hunjin Rio because we know he's also on his way back near the end of the summer. And of course, there's only five spots in this rotation. So all, all, all Ricky Tiedemann needs to do is just uh, stay healthy continue his development and he's going to be in a good spot uh throughout the future and he's going to be in this rotation long term uh beyond this season one thing and this could be totally off the radar but speaking of ryu do you think that there is any chance that at any point the blue jays go with the six-man rotation even if it's only for a few turns no quick yes and no around the horn do you think he's coming back this season ryu yes yes yeah i think he does okay I think he comes back, but I think it's like September in a bullpen role. I don't think it's like, I know people are getting optimistic about like July and August. I think it's September bullpen. Yeah, fair. Well, that's what I mean. Let's, we'll cross that when we get to it, thankfully. Yeah. Well, that's the name of the game here. We're playing the prediction episode. We're trying to look <laughs> yeah. as far ahead as possible and make ourselves look stupid in six months. Um, okay, let's talk Vladdy. His home run total, because obviously we've seen the extremes. He hit, you know, 48 in 2021, a little bit worse in 2022. The over-under that we're sending at this season is 39 and a half. Um, I can go first on this one. I'm taking the under, but I'm putting it at 39. So just barely under. And I think he's going to be right around that territory. So this is a tough one. I'm curious what you guys think. I was going to take the under too. Uh, I'm going to put it at 38. I think... Look, 38 home runs, that is not bad. Like, I know people will be like, oh, well, it's not 50, it's not 60 like Aaron Judge does. But if you can get 38 out of him, 20-plus, 30-plus out of two other guys, it's a pretty darn good lineup. And, I mean, MLB, actually, we'll get into that later, but MLB is very highly rated, this Blue Jays lineup. And I think that if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is able able to at least get 35-plus or 38, like I'm saying, I don't think that that's a bad season by any means. Well, it's another year of me taking the over because I'm taking the over. (laughs) However... There's going to be a little bit of a twist to this one. I'm not going to predict 50. I'm not I'm not going to go that high this year. I'll say he gets at least 40. He's going to get in that 40 mark in my opinion. And I just Oh, Bryson. I, you boxed me in. Jacob has 38, you have 40. <laughs> I'm, I'm boxing you in. I'm doing that. You know what? Fine. I'll go I'll go 40. I'll go 43. How about that? Okay. So now I get four four there home runs. A little bit better. That I can but play with. For me like 
we know what happened with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year. It wasn't a bad season whatsoever, but it wasn't what he did in 2021. You saw what he did in 2021. He hit 48 bombs. The other thing that I'm taking into uh, or taking note of in this as well is that the Rogers Center is shorter. The fences are in. I think he's going to take advantage of right center field. I think he's going to take advantage of left field being shorter as well. And for me, there's no excuse for him not to get at least 40 home runs. I'm expecting that. I think this lineup needs that. If you think about it, last year they won 92 games with him hitting 32 home runs. You know, if, if we're expecting them to be a little bit better than last year, they're going to they have to have or win some extra games here uh, from factors like this, from individual performances, from people excelling or exceeding their expectations. I'm going to take at least 40 for Vladdy this year, but I won't go as high as 50. Okay. For context, last year you said 50. Jacob I think said, I said more 50. than 50. <laughs> Did I you say more. 53? It was, yeah, I think it was 53. It was bad. We, I had 45. Oh, Bryson, you had 53. Yeah, it was 50. I knew 50. it was more than he, 50. He ended up hitting 32. So we all kind of looked bad on that one. But hopefully he has a bit better season this series. Figured things out a little bit. Um, okay, so the big one of the player-specific predictions. I know this is going to get the people going. Um, Nate Pearson, appearances. We've done this every year since we started doing these prediction episodes. We're setting the appearances over under it. At 15 and a half. And I'm going to go first, Bryson. I want you to go second because I want Jacob to set up the grand finale on this one. But I'm taking the under at zero appearances. <laughs> I've said this all spring. I've said this for a really long time. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. When he is on a major league mound and pitching, great. I'll believe it. Right now, I don't see it. Last season, you know how many appearances he made? Zero. Goose egg. You know how many career appearances he has in the major leagues? 17. That's since 2020. <laughs> he had, I think it was 12 in 2020, or other way around. He had 5 in 2020 and 12 in 2021, I think was the stats. Made zero appearances last year. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm setting it at zero appearances in the majors. This guy is made of glass. It's not going to happen. I am as low as possible on Nate Pearson. I just dropped him in my Keeper Fantasy League. I'm done with him. I'll believe it when I see it. Bryson, back me up on this one. Vicious, Mark. That is vicious. Well, okay. The one thing I'm going to say here is that we know Jacob's answer. The question is if I'm going to be on his team or not on this. And my answer to you is I'm on Jacob's team. I'm taking the over at 15 and a half. I think Nate Pearson's going to be over 15 this year. Uh, I I know he's not starting the year with them. I know that's the case. He's going to start the year uh, in AAA Buffalo. I don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, I, Of course, if everything goes well, if he stays healthy, uh, we saw his stuff in the spring. He was hitting 100. And so far, the health has been fine. But that's why I am on the, or I'm in favor of him starting in the minors because I want him to prove that he's healthy at the start of the year. I want him to show his stuff off in the minors, be what he did in the spring. And then by the end of the month or by some point, maybe before June, he finally gets the call up. And if that's the case, he is easily on track to be over 15 if he's healthy. Last or In 2021, I think he was just short of it. He appeared in 12 games, and that was another season where he kind of started off uh, unhealthy. So if this is the year where he's actually healthy, or for most of the season, over half the season, there is no doubt in my mind he can't go past this number. It's just that fact of staying healthy uh, throughout the year. And that's why I like the idea that he's starting in the minors. And of course, the other question is, if he comes up, what spot is he taking? And this kind of relates to our last episode where we were talking about Trevor Richards' spot, uh, Zach Pop's uh, spot, and then, of course, we talked about Mitch White coming back. 
How is that all going to kind of transpire throughout the year? I think Trevor Richards is going to get a longer leash than somebody like Zach Pop. We talked about the options. You can't really get rid of him without putting him through the or putting him through waivers. So if that's the case, Zach Pop is going to have to perform at the start of the year. And if that's the case, he's going to he's fighting for his job. And then if Nate Pearson gets that opportunity, because I do think at some point this year he will be getting that opportunity. If his stuff is good, he has no reason to stay on this bullpen if he's healthy. So I'm actually glad that I went last because thankfully, Bryson, you just somewhat changed what I was going to say. Um, when it comes to 15 and a half, I think, I know I said he's going to get a chance to start. I know I want him to get a chance to start. That I'm not entirely sure. It was funny. Like we said that not even before the episode's published. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, he's in the minors. So it's like, oh, well, crap. That kind of disregards all all that we just said. Like even if we had waited an hour, it would have made much more sense. But I think he's realistically going to get a lot more bullpen appearances than starting appearances, if any starting appearances. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to put it at 20. I think it's I think it's reasonable. I th- Well, obviously, it depends on when he comes up. If he comes up middle of May, and as long as he stays healthy, I really don't see him, him not being able to do that. Like, you got to think, like, if you're making a bullpen appearance, I know Adam Simber's a bad uh, a bad example. He made, like, 70 appearances, but, and he was healthy the entire season. But you're looking at the guys that they have um, available. I don't see a situation where um, he doesn't, he doesn't pitch at least 20 games. Like, I think th- that is fair if he comes up before the, you know, the all-star break or the trade deadline at that point. Like, if he's up before the midway point of the season and he's in the bullpen, even if it's just one inning appearances or two inning appearances here and there, I don't see why he doesn't at least get around 20. Well, maybe I'm setting myself up for a Jacob moment at the end of the season, but I think it's zero. Prove me wrong, Nate. Prove me wrong. I'd love to see it. But until then, I'm sticking by it. Um, Okay, so that's it for our player-specific predictions. We're going to move forward into our general performance predictions for the Blue Jays. So the first one we're going to look at is what Blue Jays are going to make the All-Star game. Um, I've got four on my list. I'll let you guys go first on this one. Oh, geez. I feel like I had really bad ones last year. I had a few that were not good. You um, did. Do okay. you want me to read them to you? Because I got them up. You said Vladdy, Can you give us a refresher? George. Yeah. Yeah, you said Vladdy, George, Romano, and Barrios. So you were right on Vladdy, and you were right on Jordan. But you missed out on Springer and Brios. To be fair, none of us really got this one right. Like, I said Vladdy, Bo, Jordan, Kevin. And I, I guess I was right on Vladdy and Jordan again. And then you, I guess, Bryson, you kind of messed this one up because you had Vladdy, Teoscar, Bo Bichette, Matt Chap, and Kevin Gosman. Yeah, I remember. I so I, I guess, I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, continue. Jacob first. All right. So I think Alec Manoa's a lock. Unless he does not have a good season. Uh, I de- definitely think he's one of the faces of the American League. I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to run it back. He's going to have a much better season this year. And even his down years gets him in the All-Star game. I'm going to say something. And oh, maybe no. I'm going to regret it. But I think Matt if Chapman is going to have... Okay, good. No, I'm not going to say <laughs> Nate Pierce. <laughs> that, that, no, that, that was a different, that's a different level. No, I said at the beginning. I'm not making these bombastic predictions. So you're I think you're going Chapman were... like I did last year. Okay. Yeah, no, but I think that, like, even chat, I'm not going to repeat exactly what he said because he used a few curse words, but he said his performance was pretty bad at the first half of the season. He's going to have a much better season. I think that he's comfortable here. I think he wants to stay. I want to see him stay. That's besides the point. 
I think he's going to be an all-star, at least all-star caliber this season. If he gets snubbed, whatever, he's playing well, but I think that he's going to be an all-star. Uh, so that's Chapman, Vladdy, Manoa. I don't know if Romano gets in. It's, it's hard with pitchers, unfortunately, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see somebody like Bo Bichette bring it back or, or get back to it. I mean, he's he is kind of like a couple years ago when he made it. Like, this is another guy that, even in his down years, is all-star caliber. Yes, so... I believe I so three three of what you said I have I have Vladdy because I think that's an automatic we saw last year even on a down season like you said I've got Bobashek getting in because of the way he finished last year the way he's entered the spring this year on his terror a lot of people are talking about him breaking out this year a lot of people are mentioning you know top 10 AL MVP voting I won't go that far but a lot of people are high on Bobashek this year Alec Manoa I'm going to go with you on as well and then a new guy that I will go with that you have not mentioned yet, I'll say Kevin Gosman's my fourth all-star because of the fact that we're talking about Kevin Gosman having a Cy Young type of season from a lot of people. I think his stuff looks really good, just like it did last year. I talked about the luck thing last year as well that he had. There's no chance that's going to be replicated. He's going to be better from that. And I think those are my four locks to get into the all-star game this year. I've also got Gosman on my list. Manoa is one that I struggled with. I've also got him on my list, though, because I think he's going to have a great season as well. But those two were tough picks. Gosman, for me, was like a lock from the beginning because, I mean, we've talked about the luck and the shift and all those sorts of things. Manoa, to me, was a tough one. I I honestly think Kevin Gosman is going to have a better season than Alec Manoa this year. And finding room for Alec Manoa among kind of like the, the four people that I wanted to pick, that was tough. But the other ones I have outside of Gosman and Manoa, I have George. Because I think he's going to have a really good season. Did either of you say him? I don't think either of you said him. So I did. I'm no, taking I, him well, as one of my picks. It's also hard with the outfield, though. Like, you know what I mean? It is. The outfield in the All-Star game is weird. But, I, yeah, and he'll be in right field this year. I don't know. I think he's going to make it. I I bet on him last year as well. I think, I think I said him last year. No, I didn't have him last year. None of us had him last year except for Jacob. Um, but... Yeah, I, I'm, I want him to make the All-Star game. And then Vladdy as the fourth guy. He's going to run it back. I'm, I'm really confident in you. Know, lining up with the home run numbers, a little bit better season than last year. I think he's going to make it there. Um, okay, so the next one we have is league-wide awards. So this does not include Silver Slugger because that's kind of, I think, a give giveaway for some of these guys. That's one that you kind of see a lot of these guys usually get in. It doesn't seem to mean a lot, at least to the fans. So what we're talking about is Gold Glove, Cy Young, and MVP. So I can go first on this one. I have Dalton Varsho winning a Gold Glove in left field. I think left field is a very traditionally weak defensive position, and Dalton Varsho is one of the best defensive outfielders in the game. So I've got him as my pick for Gold Glove in left field. And then I'm going to take a page out of our friend Jeff Passan's book. And I'm going to say Kevin Gosman for Cy Young. I'm really high on this guy this season. I really think he's going to do something special. And so I've got those two as my league-wide award winners. Jacob, Bryson, who are your picks in this category? First thing I want to say, Mark, the way you were describing Kevin Gosman is exactly how I described Jose Barrios last year. Now, let's just hope that that's the not the case. Easy, is easy. Logic. The difference easy. is the track record. <laughs> I know. I just thought, uh, anyways, in terms of league-wide, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that you disregarded uh, Silver Slugger because I was like, yeah, like that's kind of difficult. I don't think anybody's winning MVP, unfortunately. It's probably going to be Otani. Like, let's be real here. Um, 
Cy Young, I wouldn't be surprised if Manoa is within the top three, top five again, but Gold Glove is interesting. So I actually was going to say Dalton Varsho as well. Like, I think that he's going to have a great season defensively, which is pretty much what he's been brought in for. I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Chapman is not snubbed this year. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. takes it again. Now, I'm nervous about saying Kevin Kiermeyer. So I'm. I, the problem is, obviously, the, the injuries could keep him out of the lineup uh, long enough to the point where he wouldn't qualify. That's why I'm not going to put him. But just because he's not a gold glove, I think that he'd be gold glove caliber. It's just, can he stay healthy enough? But yeah, I think, like, realistically, if you got your two corner infields and... Uh, Dalton Varsho in left field. I think that your your defense is a significant, significant upgrade after last season. Thank goodness you didn't say Kevin Kiermaier because that's a gold glover that I'm going to take. Kevin Kiermaier in center field. I think he's going to do it if he's healthy. Like you guys were saying, we all know that. He, has, he hasn't been able to stay on the field the last couple of years. His last gold glove came in 2019. He played 130 games that year. So I think that's around the benchmark for me for it to be, I guess, minimum for him to do that. Of course, in 2016, he played in 105 games. He got it in 2016 as well. And I think that was the one. It was either 2016 or 15 where he just beat out Kevin Pillar. And then in 2015, he played 151 games. So if he plays at least 130 for me, I think that's a realistic opportunity for him to uh, to win that Gold Glove Award. He seems to be healthy for the first time in a couple of years. He's looked good this spring. We've gotten some tastes of how the run prevention idea from Ross Atkins has looked, and it's looked genius so far, including a guy like Dalton Varsho, including George Springer being healthy and being in right field. We know that he can play uh, the field, when, especially when he's healthy. Uh, I'll, I'm going to side with Mark on this. I think Kevin Gosman for Cy Young, I'm on that train as well. I'm very well on that train. And then I'm also going to say something that you said, Jacob. I'll say Matt Chapman, a pending UFA. I think he's going to want to get a gold glove this year. You can argue he was snubbed last year. I think that this year he's going to be just the same in, in terms of being a lead at third baseman or at third base for this team. So I can see uh, Kiermaier and Chapman coming away with gold gloves, and I can see Kevin Gosman coming away with the Cy Young. All the picks make sense. I can respect all of them. The reason I didn't pick Vladdy at first base was because I think Brandon Belt is going to chip away at his playing time, at least defensively. And so I think that'll hurt his gold glove case. And I think someone else might snap it up because of that. But I respect the pick. I was tempted to say it as well. So all these picks make sense. I think Kevin Kiermaier, I'm not confident enough in the health health with him as well. So we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, so kind of along, I mean, this is an obvious pick for me, but we have lowest starter ERA. I just picked Kevin Gosman to win the Cy Young Award. So I got to go with Kevin Gosman. I'm sure it's the same for you, Brayson. Me too as well. I'll, I'll pretty much don't have to repeat it. Kevin Gosman, lowest DRA. I think it's going to be the big man, Alec Manoa. I, he was the ace last last season. I don't see why he's not the ace again this year. Very fair pick. I understand it. It's a 1A, 1B situation, as you would say, Jacob, between the two starters. Um, okay, a little bit more contentious of a question. We have lowest reliever ERA, and this is where things get interesting, I think. Bryson, why don't you go first on this one? I'm back and f- I was back and forth. I'm not going to lie because the other guy, if it wasn't going to be Jordan Romano, I think a guy that I would have picked or was close to being or close to picking was Jimmy Garcia. I think a lot of people are talking about how good he's been this year in terms of the velocity coming out of the spring, and he seems to be that eighth inning guy right now heading into the spring. However, I still think that Jordan Romano is going to lead the way with the relievers uh, in terms of being the closer. There was a lot of talk this year about how there were times. 
it felt like last year, near the second half of the year, near the end of the year, perhaps maybe he ran out of gas a little bit, just a little bit. And I think that was something that they're going to try and be more prepared for this year with Jordan Romano. So I'm not saying that's the reason for, you know, his ERA going up a little bit. But for the most part, last year, it was pretty solid in terms of where it was. It was just over two and it was in a really solid spot. That was the best reliever in this bullpen. He's the closer. So I think I got to give the edge to him. But I will say I was very close to leading with Jimmy Garcia. It's a fair pick. I mean, I am tempted to do this. Don't do it. Oh, no. Well, who do you think I'm going to say? you say Nate Pearson. No, no I'm not okay. going to say Nate okay. Pearson. <laughs> okay, good. They don't, no. Timmy. Who? Tim Meza? I As had him the, uh, last year, but I, well, I think a good pick. I'm tempted to do this, and I might look like a fool, but you know what? We'll see. I think Adam Simber... He's going to have oh. a fantastic season. He, here's the thing. He Ouch. pitched a lot last season. What was it? Like seven Ouch. games or something? Like, yeah, he gives up a lot of contact, but think of it this way. Shift is banned. Defense Ow. is a lot better. I wouldn't no, that, be surprised. That's why I'm thinking he's, he gives up contact and he's like not – the shift is banned. I think it's going to hurt him. I don't know. I think – well, I think when you have three center fielders, gold gloves at the corners, you have Bobichet there um, – and then you have guys at second base. I I think that, okay, yeah, middle infield's a bit weak, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's used a lot more. Uh, well, I can't even say a lot more because I think he had the most appearances in the majors last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if he is one of the premier relievers again this year. Mark, before you go, I was, yeah. just, was just going to say, like, first of all, his FIP was three and a half last year. So there was a little bit of luck to that. Do you not think there's going to be more base hits on Simber because there's no shift? I don't know. I just thought that that's why something... Yeah. That I didn't consider. I don't know. I think there will be. And the same for Alec Manoa. Like, I think he's more of a contact pitcher. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard some people skeptical of whether the, the shift ban is going to hurt him that much or not. I mean, it's going to hurt all pitchers, I think, to some degree. But I don't know. I think that's part of the reason why I'm not as high on Alec Manoa this season. I still think he's going to have a great year, but... Um, I don't know. I'm going off the board with this one. So buckle up, guys. I'm saying Eric Swanson. I don't know what you make of that, but let me bring up the numbers for you. Last season, he had a 1.68 ERA. 1.68, and it wasn't luck. His FIP was only a tiny bit higher at 1.84. And when you compare that to how good the Blue Jays were in the bullpen last season, the lowest ERA they had of any reliever was Jordan Romano at 2.11. So if Eric Swanson has even remotely close to the same season he had last year, I think it's a golden ticket. So I'm going with him. I'm surprised neither of you had said him yet, and he wasn't in the conversation for either of you. So I don't know. We'll see how that pans out. Apparently, I've got a couple of hot takes out of the bullpen in this episode, but we'll be looking forward to uh, seeing how they pan out. Um, Okay, the next one I, I think is less interesting. I think we'll have some overlap here. Outside of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., most home runs on the team. And that's obvious caveat because obviously all of us would have said Vladdy if he was included in this list. So the runner-up in home runs on the team, I can kick this one off. I think it's going to be George Springer. That's fair. I mean... This is a tough one. This I think this is yeah. tougher than people think. There's at least three players that I think could could be there. I'm going to... I'm going to give it to Dalton Varsho. I think that... Okay. Okay. I mean... Lefty, he's gonna. I I predict he'll be hitting fourth, if not fifth. I mean, him and Matt Chapman probably. Actually, Chapman might be sixth, but 
I think, yeah, it's, it'll probably come from Dalton Varsho. I think he hit 27 last season in Arizona. So he's coming to the uh, American League, obviously, the renovated Rogers Center. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits a lot of home runs. He, he's kind of like a left-handed Matt Chapman. Not going to hit you a million balls, but when he does hit them, they're going to go far. So wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if guys like, actually, I'll, I'll let Bryson say, but the, the other guy like Chapman, I think that there there are a few other players that will be close. But yeah, I'm interested to see what you'll say. Yeah, you know what? I actually... I completely respect that pick with Dalton Varsha. Like, he was really good last year. He was in Arizona. He's coming to Rogers Center. Shorter walls again, regardless if there's renovations or not. You got to feel he's going to be a little bit more comfortable there. For me, I'm going to go Bo Bichette. I think um, last year you looked at it. Uh, last year he had 24 home runs of course Vladimir Guerrero Jr. led the team with home runs last year but he was basically up there despite his slow start with his uh, or with his bat Bo Bichette he had 24 behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year on this team with home runs it was George Springer at 25 of course it was Teoscar Hernandez at 25 as well so it was kind of pretty close and then of course Matt Chapman was up there too he had 27 so there's a lot of names here that I can mention that I think I would pick uh, first of all both of you have already said my runners up there in terms of George Springer Dalton Varsho. Uh, for me, I just, again, we're talking Bo Bichette taking a step forward this year. If he hit 24 last season, basically being in a slump for until the end of the summer, there is no question for me he can't get over at least 27 home runs and get closer to 30 and be up there hopefully with Laddie when it's all said and done. Another guy I guess I'll go off the board with with an honorable mention is Brandon Belt. 29 home runs in 2021. He was healthy. That was the last time he was obviously good. We know that the health last year pretty much took away his season. If he's healthy this year, there is no question that there is a chance. I'm not saying he's going to hit 29, but there is a chance he can get at least 20 this year for this team. And I think that's another guy I'm going to keep my eye on. But, of course, it all depends on the health. Yeah, and we heard on the broadcast, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but comparing the outfield walls at Oracle to what they're going to be at the Rogers Center with the renovations, I think it's 57 feet closer is I don't know if it was the right field or the left field. I think it was the right field wall because that's crazy the right field wall is really deep at Oracle so 57 feet that's going to make a huge difference for someone like him especially someone who's a lefty and is going to be driving balls that way anyway so yeah I, I think it's a good honorable mention but I think you know I picked George Springer to the all-star game so I feel like I got to give him some love on the home run side of things um Okay, the next one we have is the most stolen bases on the team. And this one is especially interesting this year because obviously the new rules, the bigger bases, I think it's going to be more of a conversation this season than it was last season. Who do you guys have as leading the team in stolen bases? I want to hear your take first, Bryson, because I'm not sure. I have a few guys. I'm going to go, uh, I'll go Boba Shep. I'm going to stick with it again. He's playing every day. And that's the advantage that I think he has over a guy like Whit Merrifield because he's another guy that's going to be running a lot. There's no question. Kevin Kiermaier is healthy. He's going to run. Otto Lopez, if he's the 26th man, he's going to run. But the advantage that Bobichet has over all these guys is that he's going to get on base the most. He's going to get the most at-bats. He's going to be playing every day. So I think for me, that's just an easy pick, in my opinion, to take Bobichet. But I think there's also a lot of guys here on this team who are going to run more than people realize. And of course, the rule change having the bigger bases definitely has an impact with that 100%. So you basically just shut down my argument. <laughs> um, I was, was going to say... I was going to say Whit Merrifield. I mean, okay. it, the, the problem is, is he's probably, pick. yeah, I don't think he's going to play is, every day. Yeah. It, it's a, like he runs well, he does it a lot, but yeah. it and just the flip side on of it how. is that he'll probably be pinch hitting and coming in as a mm-hmm. pinch runner late in games if he's not starting. So that's true. Yeah. But no, I him? think that, yeah, no, that's what I'm taking. I think that okay. he's, 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 he runs the base as well. I think it's, 
just going to be how often does he start, and when he doesn't start, is he used in those situations? Well, I'm going to give us a new name again. I think it's Dalton Varsho. You look at his speed, you look at the numbers that he put up last year, the Blue Jays last season, most stolen bases, 14. Last season, Dalton Varsho had 16 stolen bases in 2022. So... I don't know. I can see it happening. I, I think all the picks here are valid. And last year, it came down to, I think, one stolen base difference between um, George Springer, who led the team with 14, and Bobachet, who led the team with, or almost led the team with 13. So, like, this is a very close conversation. I think a lot of it is up for grabs in terms of, like, we don't know how the Blue Jays are going to play with the new stolen bases, how aggressive they're going to be, who is going to be their point guy stolen base. Like, you know, Kevin Biggio could end the season as the league, the the team leader in stolen bases because he's going to be coming in late in games as a pinch runner. So, like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's kind Jay of a wild like card. This was, <laughs> this was one of the tougher ones to predict in my mind. Um, but speaking of tough ones to predict, we've got one of the biggest predictions coming up now. Who is going to lead the team in wins above replacement. So this has a storied history in section 138 lore. I will brag about... Yes, we do. I'll brag about the 2021 season when I picked Marcus Simeon to lead the team in war. (laughs) And he led the team in war, and it came out of nowhere. Comeback player, surprised everyone. I'm really proud of that one. Last season, neither Bryson or I were right. But Jacob was very wrong in picking Teoscar Hernandez as we went over at the start of this episode. So there's a storied history when it comes to this question. So who do you guys think is going to lead the team and wins above replacement? Either, and to be clarified for the record, we go with either baseball reference or fan graphs. When we're looking at at the end of the year, we'll look at both. So we're not nitpicking either or. I think I'm going to pick Nate. No, I'm kidding. I saw you guys' reaction there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would have lost it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the safe bet. I'm gonna pick Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He is the cornerstone of this team. I'm not. I'm not doing what I did last year. I think that he is the most well-rounded player on this team. There's no way that he doesn't that doesn't win it. This is a tough one. This is a tough. I'm looking, and we know the whole Dar- Dalton Varsho thing. If he was here last year. He would have led this team in, in war. We I looked at Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It wasn't as high compared to 2021. I think the uh, the Fangraphs war for uh, Vladdy in 2021, I think it was almost six or something like that. I'm pretty sure, Mark, you can correct me once you go or not. Look, Mark, we, we were both very high on the Kevin Gosman Cy Young train. I'm going to go with Kevin Gosman. I mean, you look at last year, his, his, his war um, with fan graphs was 5.7. There's a lot of numbers here. 5.7 war last year with fan graphs. If he's going to be winning the Cy Young, he's going to be better than he was last year. There's no question that this is a minimum for me in terms of what it can be at for him. If everything goes to plan, he gets what he's going to get in terms of the Cy Young, or if he's even close to what he was last year, it's going to be at least that number. I'm going to take the safe bet and I'm going to take that. I know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is tempting because of course, if it was 2021, it was around six. Once again, Mark, you're going to be able to correct me or not for sure. or Confirm that it's pretty close, but I'm going to go with Kevin Gosling just because we're also picking, or at least from my point of view, I'm picking the Cy Young with him as well. I might as well take it. I know it was really close between Simeon and um, Vladdy in 2021. Um, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying Kevin Gosman. I can't pick him for Cy Young and then not pick him for this. Um, Yeah, I think he's going to have a really, really good season. I'm really, really optimistic. And I hope 
I'm not pinning all my hopes on this one player performing and then it all crashes and burns at the end of the season. But I think you're right. And I think, um, I think Kevin Gosman is going to have a great season. So that wraps up our general team player predictions. Now we're moving on to the end game. We're moving on to the final season predictions for the team as a whole. We're going to start off with our projected American League East standings. I can kick this one off. I think the Yankees are winning the division. I know they're hobbled rotation-wise right now, but I've also been burned the last couple seasons of thinking the Blue Jays are going to win the division. So I'm going to take the safe bet. I'm going to take the Yankees, and then I'm going to put the Blue Jays second. And then this might surprise you guys. I'm taking the Orioles third. I think they're going to have a solid season. It's tough with the Rays, but I think they're going to have a solid season. I'm putting the Rays fourth and the Red Sox fifth. I'm a bit nervous about the Red Sox at five because I feel like they always have a way of sneaking up on you, especially when you think they're not going to have a good season. But that's how I have it. So again, Yankees, Jays, Orioles, Rays, Red Sox. You see, it's funny. You say that the Yankees are a bit beat up right now. I already now. know what Jacob's. I already know what he's picking. <laughs> no, I'll be quiet. Let me, let me cook. I think that... <laughs> um, Look, at the end of the day, whether you lose a game in April or September, they all mean the same for your record. And if the Yankees stumble out of the gate, I think that that, that could be the difference between or they their 99 last season. Even with a healthy rotation, I don't know if they get to that, maybe 97, 98 at, at best. When your rotation, yeah, you have two good guys in your rotation right now, but when you have two guys in your rotation, realistically, I think that that could be the difference between you winning the division and then the Blue Jays winning the division. So... I'm going to take the Blue Jays first, Yankees second. I like what you said about the Orioles. I think that they're going to be a lot better. I think them and the Rays are going to be within two games of each other. Uh, I'll put the Orioles above them, Rays below them, and then the Red Sox. And yeah, it, it you know it is tough. They could, I mean, they were under 500 last season. They easily could be 500 uh, this season. They weren't even uh, by by uh, under 500 by a ton. But yeah, I think for the most part, this division is pretty much set. I think this is the year the Blue Jays finally get back to that that uh, leading the division, but we'll have to see. I think at the end of the day, the Blue Jays, knock on wood, are healthy right now. Yankees are not. Could be the difference between those last couple games at the end of the year. I look at a guy in particular like Carlos Rodon. I know they're saying at least May. Is that going to linger on? We know how these injuries sort of work. We know Frankie Montas. I don't even know if he's going to pitch this year, but Jacob, let me go back to what you said at the beginning. There's a reason why I knew what you were going to say. Because I'm going to pick the same thing. I say the Blue Jays win the AL East this year. Let me make let me make it very clear though. This is going to be close in terms of it's going to be the Jays, the Yankees, and I I I think that there's not a lot of people talking about the Rays. They were quiet this offseason, but a lot of that was them getting healthy because last year, especially their bullpen, they got really depleted in terms of what they did uh, for that. And of course, we know that Tyler Glass now is a guy that's going to be back, but of course. He suffered a little bit of a setback in the spring as well. I know they signed Zach Eflin. So their pitching is obviously going to be carrying them once again this year. So I think that they're going to be the third place team. And then where I differentiate from you guys is that I think the Baltimore Orioles are going to come back down to earth. I think they're going to finish fifth. Uh, I haven't seen enough from Baltimore to be proven that they're on the or that they're here right now. They're on the rise 100%. And I've looked, you love the the young pieces that they had last year. Of course, Natalie Rutschman. Gunnar Henderson's going to be here this year as well. But for me, there was not a lot of activity for them in the offseason. They signed Kyle Gibson. They got Cole Irvin 
Cole Irvin from Oakland, of course, they signed Adam Frazier. For me, I don't know if that's enough uh, to increase or to improve in the AL East. I will say this, though, that I think the balanced schedule is going to help everybody. And, of course, it's going to help a team like Baltimore. And thank goodness they're not going to be in Baltimore every other weekend like it was last September because, for me, that got very annoying. And, <laughs> and then for the Red Sox, I think that they're going to be – I think they're going to be mediocre, but I think that they're going to be better than what they were last year. They had a pretty decent offseason in terms of, I guess, names they got. They weren't huge names, but there were some names, and of course, it was highlighted by Masataka Yoshida. I hope I pronounced that right, but of course, we saw what he did in the WBC. He's very uh, a high-talented prospect from what they were talking about. Another, I guess, interesting part for them, for Boston, I think is going to be Chris Sale. He's finally healthy for now. I don't know how long that's going to be for, but of course, he's entering the season healthy for the first time in a long time. They need Chris Sale this year, and for me, I just think that they're going to take a little bit of a step up, but at the end of the day, I think they're going to be mediocre, so I got Toronto first, the Yankees second, the Rays third, Boston fourth, and the Orioles five. Well, we'll see what happens, as with everything in this episode. Okay, the next prediction is how far the Blue Jays will make it into the postseason, because I think we're all in agreement we're on pretty safe ground here that the Blue Jays are making it to the postseason. Um, Jacob, I want you to go to last on this one because there's a lot of pressure riding on you. You've predicted the Blue Jays to the World Series in each of the last two prediction episodes. I'll take the bullet on this one. I'll go first. I think the Blue Jays lose in the American League Championship Series in six games to the Houston Astros. The Astros always make it to the World Series. They are the one reliable bet. Everyone has them number one on their power rankings. Everyone has them number one in projected, um, you know, final record this season. It's it's their game to lose. It's their World Series to lose. And so I think the Blue Jays get to that point, but ultimately falter there. And I think if they do make it to that point, this season will be a success. Like I know. Things can go wrong and you can blow leads in postseason series and you can view them differently retrospectively. But I think if the Blue Jays take the Astros to game six in the championship series, I will walk away from this season happy and it sets up kind of a winner go home season in 2024, but we're getting ahead of ourselves there. So that's what I put the Blue Jays at. Six games, lose ALCS to the Houston Astros. A prime example of getting in the playoffs and just having a chance to win, you look at the Philadelphia Phillies last year. Nobody expected them to go to the World Series out of the National League. They got in, they just got in, and they beat those teams. Of course, they went through the Padres at the end, and then they got to the World Series, surpassing the expectations. So that's why I think as long as they're in, I think this team's going to have a chance. Uh, Of course, there might be a couple moves that happen throughout the year. We know that there's... You know, I think the bullpen for me is going to be the deciding factor, though, when it's all said and done. But, Mark, I got to pretty much identically agree with you. I think the ALCS is the farthest they're going to go. And if they're going to lose in the ALCS, I think they're going to lose to the Astros. I agree. I think the Astros are going to repeat or in a really good position, even without Jose Altuve for the opening six to eight weeks or whatever it is. Even without Justin Verlander, this team knows how to replace guys left, right, and center. And they do it with ease. I've never seen an organization do it like that. We've talked about it so many times with people that they can easily just replace and then just not lose a step whatsoever. It's crazy how they do it. And I got to give them the respect of them possibly repeating and going back to the World Series. So I'll say the ALCS as well. How many games? I'll say I'll say ALC I'll say seven games. So here we go. <laughs> I think the Blue Jays are gonna win the division series and then lose okay. in the championship series. <gasps> no coward. coward. I don't know. I, 
I, I, it was either last year or the year before. I don't want to keep saying World Series and then eventually it was both. be right. Yeah. No, no. What I mean, I said that I don't want to keep saying it and then have like a low accuracy, but uh, like eventually be right. This watch this be the one year. Yeah, <laughs> one this year will be the year. It. Maybe it's a good thing you didn't pick them this year. Yeah, it's a curse. Every time I pick anything in hockey, it goes wrong. But so <laughs> let's let's just hope that baseball is not the same. But I. I think that they can beat the Astros in the American League Championship Series. That might be a hot take, but I don't know if they do it this year. I think that the Astros do end up beating them. Oddly enough, like they're just the one team that everyone loves to hate because they deserve the hate, but they're still also really good, which that's another topic. But uh, yeah, no, I think I want to say they're going to the World Series, but I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I just. I mean. I think they're going to they're at least going to win a playoff game. Their first one since 2016. They're going to win a series absolutely. If they win the division that, you know, there's no way that they don't win at least the the division series, but I I don't know. I think that if you're in Houston, for example, in game 7, it's a little tougher to pull off than I think a lot of people realize. So I'm not saying there's going to be a, uh, a a parade. I think you and I we all had a bet about some stuff that was going to happen if they won the World Series. I'm not going to discuss that yet, but we uh, um, no. I unfortunately I don't think that they're going to win the World Series, which is kind of sad. But who knows? I think next year they will. Or I don't know, maybe maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself for that one. So we all have virtually the exact same prediction. How many it's games? Boring. Do you think it goes Game Seven, Jacob? Well, yeah. No, that's the problem. I don't want to replicate you guys. But at game the same five. time, seven games. <laughs> seven game. Okay, so we're yeah. all right there. I I guess I got six games. You guys got seven games. Besides that, we're identical. We'll see what happens. That's kind of boring. <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted kind of a World Series pick. Yeah. Huh. It feels like we just messed up a yearly tradition. Now we won't have Jacob saying, oh, I hope the Jays win the World Series this year. Because he starts every episode with that. <laughs> well, see, like, it'll happen eventually. I just, I, I told you, I'm, I'm toning myself down this year. If you say it every year and the one year eventually that you're correct, you'll look like a genius. If this year you get it wrong and they do win the World Series, then your reputation is ruined. <laughs> yeah, nobody Anyways, will care. Nobody will care if you keep missing and then you finally get it, as long as you get it. But I think you just took yourself out of that chance. It's now. too it's late. Right. It's too late. Yeah, no, it's too late. No. I'm sticking you with it. it. I don't think they win it. Hey, Jeff Passon said World Series. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for the biggest one of the night. The Blue Jays' final record in the regular season. Bryson, you don't look excited about this one. <laughs> I've got mine written down on a piece of paper because I don't want to get boxed in. So I want all of you to write this down on a piece of paper so that we have it locked in before we say it because I don't want to get boxed in like I did with Vladdy. Okay? So if you guys got yours locked in, I got mine locked in. I guess I can go first. I've got the Blue Jays winning 94 games this year. 94-68 final record. It's tough because I think this team is really good. I think they're better than last season. Last season, they won 92 games, lost 70 games. And you look at the picture of who they had in the rotation, the fact that you know they lost Ryu at the start of the season. Yusei Kikuchi was terrible. Jose Barrios was terrible. And we're confident that these guys are going to be better. Even that alone gives you confidence that they can win four, five, six, seven, ten more games than they did last season. But as we know with baseball, something always finds a way to go wrong. 
And I think that the Blue Jays will find a way to make things go wrong again. But I think it will be a good season, right? We're talking about 94 wins, and it's hard to call that a bad season. But I do think it's not going to be more than that. I think both of you, I'm predicting both of you are going to have more wins than I do. But I've flown close to the sun before. I had 97 wins last season, and I think I got a little bit ahead of myself there. So I'm trying to tone it down this year. I'm saying 94. What do you guys have? Here's where things are, stand. You I can't change cons- your mind now. You no, I'm not changing my mind. No, no, no. I wrote it down. I think this team is legitimately better and borderline objectively better than it, is la- than it was last season. And it's looking more complete and healthy straight out of the gate. Yeah, things can go wrong. But I think that if you're going to win the division, you've got to get to 96 wins. you got to have 96 and 66 is what I've... Uh, projected them to be at I, like yeah it, it's a little high obviously a lot of things do need to go right but look what they did last um april like they were fantastic in april they only had like a couple losses like a handful of losses and yeah you obviously still got to play five six more months but i think that this team is a lot better and i think that it's it's a team that will go on in much longer runs throughout the season like they're gonna have consistently uh, or consistent series wins consistent sweeps things like that so I wouldn't be surprised if they win that many games. And like I said, if you're going to win the division, especially with the New York Yankees, you got to get as close to 100 wins as you possibly can. I'm going to go, Jacob, guess what? Don't you do it. I can't read. What is 96 it? Oh, wow. And 66. I'm going with wow. Jacob on this one. Look, I. you look at last year, it was 92 wins. Everything that happened last year, you had 92 wins with Yusei Kikuchi pitching like he did, with Jose Brios pitching like he did. Mark, that's what you touched on last episode. If we're rebounding for a bounce back year from hopefully at least one of them, hopefully with a better bullpen as it stands, basically better than where it stood at last year at opening day, there's no question that I think this team could win a couple extra games, let alone the balanced schedule. I just think that they're in poised possession to do that, and it's going to take at least 95 wins, though, to get to or to win the division. It's going to be very close with a team like the Yankees. I think the Rays are going to be very good as well. It's going to be a fun year, but I do think that they're, um, I think 96 and 66 is definitely what I was going to predict. And I also thought I had that last year, but it turns out I had 97 wins last year. So I guess, I mean, taking a step back by a game, but not, not I, I don't think as drastic as you did, Mark, but I will, um, I guess, technically take a step back and I will say 96 wins. And I guess I'm predicting it with Jacob. Wow, I'm nervous now because you two overlap on a lot of these guesses. So if I'm wrong on a couple of them, I have a sinking feeling that I might be walking away from this season as the biggest <laughs> loon. I'm worried about that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, Jacob, last season you predicted 99 wins and that didn't happen. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we always get a little bit too optimistic because we're fans. Like, I, f- I don't know. I, I'm trying to play it cautious this year we'll see what happens looking at the projections which i never fully believe but fan graphs has the blue jays at 89 wins this year and i think that is too low like i think they'll get five more wins than that but i don't know it's interesting to see it's also interesting to look at those projections and see where other teams land because like this has the braves as the best team in baseball 92 and 70 has the yankees second best in 91 71 and then of course couple other teams, Padres, Astros, and the Blue Jays actually tied with the Astros and the Mets in terms of record at 89 wins. And then surprisingly, the Dodgers are at 87 wins tied with the Rays and then kind of goes down from there. Cardinals, Angels projected to have a good season. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to play it a little bit more cautious this year, but I'm a little worried now that you two agree on a lot of things and I don't that 
Maybe I've picked the wrong route for this season, but we'll see. Only time will tell. Any concluding thoughts before we send it off, before we sign it off on our final episode of spring training and our final episode before opening day on Thursday against the St. Louis Cardinals. We can't wait. Closing thoughts. Okay, I'll go first, Jacob. So, I think no, the, sir, I, I think <laughs> time and time again, I did raise my hand first. Time and time again, you know, we, we look at what happened last year. Uh, we looked at how much promise there was to this team. It's still a very good team this year. There were a lot of changes for a team that's supposed to be good, or supposed, you know, very rare, I should say, for a team that's in this position to make the changes that they did. But they, what they did was they took a different approach. They addressed their run prevention. They got their bullpen piece in Eric Swanson. And you have more experience now this year, of course. You hopefully have a healthy George Springer. It should be a fun year. Um, everything looks like it's good coming out of the spring. The one thing is that this team came out healthy, relatively healthy, out of the spring. So that's the good part about that I look at. It was a very quiet spring, I thought, as well. It seemed like there was a lot of less hype in terms of, you know, and I wouldn't say hype from the media. I'm more of, you know, Vladdy coming out and saying this is the movie or whatever that is. There's no home run jacket. They're just, there's a different vibe this year and it's quieter. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Usually it's a really good thing when things are quiet like this. But the at the end of the day, no matter who's right with their records, I think the one thing that we all can agree on right now is that in March, that this is a playoff team 100%, no matter where they finish. This is a playoff team uh, from the start. They're going to be hopefully have a good year throughout the year. As long as they play like they're supposed to be playing, they will be there in October. No matter where they finish, who they're playing, they got to get back to October. And they have unfinished business because the way it ended last year was unacceptable. And I think that they're the first people that realize that. We're all expecting things to end better for this team this year. And for me, that's why I'm excited that they get to go back to this grind and they get to learn from what happened last year. And hopefully things end on a really different note as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to echo that. Like this team is healthy. It's hungry. I think like at the end of the day, you cannot lose the way you lost last season. And I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to officially retire it. Never mentioning that game again. I mean, I'll probably say it was eight to one again in our discord, but (laughs) on the podcast, I will never mention that again. However, that being said, this team legitimately knows that that was unacceptable. That was, it, it, it can't happen. That can never happen, especially when you're that good. And this team is now hungry. They know what they need to do. They know that they have the capabilities to do it. They've competed with the Yankees. They've competed with, I mean, they didn't really compete with the, the Mariners, but they've been able to compete with, with the good teams. Now they just need to do it. The expectation is playoffs. They know that they'll be disappointed realistically with anything other than a couple series wins. And I think this, this is the start of just another very, very exciting season. And let's just hope that, you know, the, the crowds are as active as they are April and and September as they are all season, because I think it's, it's going to be one that we look back on and say like, this could have been a dynasty or this, this, we could be looking at a dynasty uh, in the making. No matter how this season ends, We're going to have a blast watching the Blue Jays this year. I don't know if we'll walk away from this season happy or sad. Bryson? I was going to say, before you wrap it up, first time this year we got to do serious predictions. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Almost forgot. Okay. Uh, (laughs) One last prediction. Okay, I'll go two to three. I think the Blue Jays win the opener with Alec Manoa on the mound. And then they got Kevin Gosman. I think they'll win with Kevin Gosman. I'll go they lose on the Sunday with Chris Bassett on the mound. Do it, Jacob. Do it. I don't have a He's broom with me it. right now, but I'm going to take the sweep. the sweep. I think it... Oh, wow. What better way to start it? I think Chris Bassett's on a mission. 
Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa, two of the top pitchers in the American League. I know Miles Michaelis for the the Cardinals on opening day is pretty good, but I, this team, like I said, this team's hungry. I wouldn't be surprised if they feast on the Cardinals to start the year. Feast wow. on the Cardinals. I mean, that just beat them. Pretty cool. Feast on them. <laughs> be pretty cool opening the weekend like that. Yeah. Um. Look. The Cardinals are a really good team as well. I, I'm going to put that into account. I'm going to take two out of three, too. Uh, I think it's going to be tough, of course. It's going to be a tough road trip overall, I think, to open up like they're doing. But at least they have some favorable matchups at the end of the road trip. But I'll say two out of three, and I think that's a good start to get out of St. Louis with the series win. Yeah, can't complain. And, it, you know, assuming the home opener goes better than the last home opener went, we'll have a good time. What do you um, mean? That was the most fun home opener I've ever been to. It was. It not, was a fantastic Not for your ace. Game, not for your ace. The first, you know two outs that took seven runs to get that didn't look so good um okay so a couple days left and we will be watching blue jays regular season baseball i also want to take this moment to remind everyone the last call to join our fantasy league in our discord you can find the link to our discord below this episode you can find the link in our bio on instagram twitter and tiktok which is just at section 138 pod Join the league. We got three spots left. We're drafting tomorrow on Wednesday night. It's your last opportunity. And we are playing as a team. The three of us are playing as a team and we want to beat everyone. So challenge us. We want a full full league of 20 teams. Join us, please. The link is below this episode. Um, okay, just to give you a little heads up of what the regular season will look like for those of you who are joining us for the first time this regular season which is really exciting we record after every series we aim to get the episodes out the day of the final game of the series doesn't always happen sometimes it's the next morning but either way we record after every series um and we'll be keeping track of course everything big that happens with the blue jays and we'll be here until october november maybe who knows (laughs) and then we'll do it all over again the next year so That's where we're at right now. Um, Can't wait to have everyone along for the ride. It's going to be a fun one. And we will catch you on Sunday after some regular season baseball. Catch you then.